When it comes to leadership, there is no need to reinvent the wheel. Character is what eventually makes or breaks leaders. Yet, it's the most ignored and overlooked aspect of leadership development today. We have the perfect leadership role model, and that's Jesus. We simply need to follow his lead, allowing him to work in and through us. Welcome to Lead Like Jesus podcast. Leadership starts on the inside. That is Rich Cummins, CEO of Lead Like Jesus. I am Freddie Scott, a new board member to Lead Like Jesus. And this is the Lead Like Jesus podcast, where leadership starts on the inside. This is your podcast, Kingdom Leaders, and we are so glad that you're here. So excited to be with you, Freddie. I'm excited about where we're going to be heading with this podcast series. You know, at Lead Like Jesus, we know that leadership starts on the inside. It's a matter of heart. And so we're going to be having a lot of conversations, casual conversations. We're going to invite friends in, and we're going to talk all about leading like Jesus. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the attributes of influence, why Jesus has been overlooked as a leader of influence, and a prayer to help you integrate your faith beyond just Sunday. So let's start right there. Let's talk about these essential attributes of influence. I am so excited about this podcast and what we're going to be covering and discussing through this and helping to flush out because there's so much great information that Lead Like Jesus has, has been doing for so many years. So today, let's talk about the essential attributes of influence. We understand that influence is really an opportunity, that God's entrusted us with an opportunity to to steward and to influence people in a positive way to his glory. So what does it mean to steward influence? Well, first of all, you're right. Uh, Influence is so important. And being a steward of influence gives us a certain responsibility. You know, at Lead Like Jesus, Freddie, as you know, we talk about leadership being a process of influence and, and influencing the way another person thinks behaves and is developed. And so being a steward of that is actually viewing it from the standpoint that God has gifted me with the network of people that are in my life. And so I'm not just an owner of these relationships, not just manipulating them to my end, but actually helping them be all that God created them to be. So being a steward means that I am viewing this as a blessing, as a gift, and that I have a responsibility to impact the kingdom by actually helping to to lead this person to fulfill all that God has given them and called them to be. No, that's so amazing. As you were saying that the scripture that comes to mind is the scripture that says that God is the orchestrator of of our destiny, that God is working things out and strategically placing us around the right people to equip us to do the things that we're called to do. And I want to think about the flip side of that, that God has strategically placed you to help someone do what God has called them to do. And and that's what our assignment, sometimes though, I don't know about you, Rich, but sometimes I may not feel like I'm this huge, powerful influencer, right? That that I have this uh, impact on people around me or that my voice is big in their ears. But in reality, we do have influence. And, And I think that that's one of the biggest things that people sometimes forget is the, the reality of the people that can be around you that God has placed in your life to help you get from where you were to where you are, or that God has placed in your life to get you from where you are to where you're called to be. And so can you think of anyone that sort of fits that narrative, that fits that 
mold of somebody that was an influencer that helps you get from here to there? That's a very good question. And Freddie, I'm going to tell you, there are multiple people. I mean, you know, God, the Holy Spirit has actually knocked at my door for ever since I can remember with people that have come into my life and influenced me in one way or another. But to give you a name right off the top of my head, you know, I last year I had an opportunity to do some work with uh, some Christian artists, musicians. And, and in fact, I was invited to be a part of the, the country's largest Christian music tour. It's called Winter Jam Tour Spectacular. And when I was on that tour, I had a chance to go to one of the cities where an influencer of mine actually lived in. And little did he know how much influence he had made on my life. Well, this man's name is uh, Jim Kennard. Well, Jim served in the military with me and I was in, in, uh, in an airborne ranger type of unit in the National Guard for about 16 years. And so Jim was a soldier uh, serving alongside of me. He wasn't in my chain of command. He was just another Joe, but he wasn't just another Joe. He loved lived and led like Jesus right where he was at. And trust me, he was around some whoas. These are some tough guys. These are some bad dudes, right? I can and only so imagine. You get, well, you were in the NFL, Freddie, so I know you were around him too. And so locker room talk, you know how all that goes. Well, Jim, Jim always did what God called him to do. He was soft-spoken, but he led and he was very strong in his convictions and he didn't falter. And I respected him for it because I don't know if you've been around Airborne Rangers, but uh, they can train hard, but then they sometimes they can carry on a little bit too. And, and I got to tell you, Jim showed me what Jesus looked like in the flesh. And I wasn't walking in the ways of the Lord back then, but I packed that away. I trusted him. I knew that I could put my life in his hands. He was a good man. He was a godly man. And he actually had influence on me. So fast forward to last year in Columbus, Ohio, I had a chance to meet with Jim and his wife. And Freddie, you and I both have big families. I've got four daughters and a son, and I know you have four sons and a daughter. So uh, together, hopefully we've gotten it right in one way, shape or form. But Jim, he's got like eight kids. So he's mastered this thing. And so I had a chance to look at him and his dear wife and his kids and look them all in the eyes and say, you know, your father, he changed the trajectory of my life and even eventually my kids' lives. I believe in Jesus Christ today because of this man and the influence he had over me. And so Jim didn't even know that was coming. But uh, his kids got to hear firsthand what kind of an impact he's had on the world today. Wow. Wow. That, that is absolutely amazing. And, you know, as you were talking, I, I'm thinking of uh, someone that has been very instrumental in my life uh, from afar. I think there's really three different levels. When you talk about influencers or people that have been in your life, there's someone that may be an influencer up close, maybe someone that's an influencer within arm's reach. And then maybe someone from afar. And so my initial person I'm going to talk about is Tony Dungy, someone that was arms reach, but initially was afar. Uh, I got connected with Coach Dungy. He was, I was fortunate for him to write the foreword to my first book, The Dad I Wish I Had. And the reason why I got connected to him was through my old position coach at Penn State, uh, Jim Caldwell, he recruited me from Detroit Country Day School in Birmingham, uh, uh, from, from Southfield, Michigan, uh, to go to this Happy Valley place and State College uh, and, and play at Penn State. And then he left Penn State and he ended up the assistant head coach under Tony Dungy. 
So when I write this manuscript for the book, I called Coach Caldwell and he connected me to Coach Dungy, who had then agreed to write the foreword to my book. Well, of course, at the time, you know, he's a Super Bowl winning coach. You know, he is known for his integrity and character. And, and sometimes you see press clippings and you can see things portrayed in the media. But when you get closer to the actual person, the person doesn't match the persona. And what blew me away was the closer I got to him and getting to know him. I mean, things like usually on Tuesdays in the, in the NFL world, Tuesdays are an off day for players, but that's the day the coaches are mandated to coach and get the game plan ready for the next game. Coach Dungy had it in his contract that he and the coaching staff could not work. They would spend that time with their families because he was not going to allow the coaching staff to overwork themselves and then have, you know, mishaps in their marriages or not being present with their children. So fast forward. He agrees to write the forward to my book, but we're coming up on the start of the season. And so I'm excited. He said, yes, here's this first time author, you know, that gets someone like a Tony Dungy uh, to, to write a forward. And the training camp started and I didn't have the forward. So I was disappointed, but I knew you know, he's a man of his word. I'm sure he'll do it. So his assistant said, listen, he apologizes, but we'll get it to you by the bye week. Well, the bye week comes <laughs> and the bye week goes. No and forward. I still don't, have, still don't have the forward. And she said, he feels so bad. You know, he's going to get it to you. Fast forward. They're playing in the playoffs. They're in the wild card game, uh, playing against the San Diego Chargers. And they end up losing the game in the fourth quarter is a thrilling game. And I get this email on that next Monday morning and it's the email from his assistant. And he says, uh, she says, uh, well, coach wants to know if you can still use this. And I'm like, yeah, I can still use it. I'm not hitting print until I get this forward from him. And I looked at the timestamp of that email. And he literally wrote the forward on the plane, leaving San Diego, flying back to Indianapolis, that the first thing that was on his mind was making good on his word of what he told, you know, one of his coaches or former players of what he would do. And let me get this book to you, because I believe it's something that can impact the kingdom. Things like that. When I saw when you feel like you're at the peak and the pinnacle of your career, but you still are going to prioritize family and God's kingdom over everything else. It helped me level set and reassess where my priorities are and where they need to maintain, regardless of what level of success I may ever accomplish, that you have to keep your family and you have to keep God first in everything and never allow any status to get you out of whack with that. Freddie, come on now. I'm a Colts fan. Even after that loss, Tony Dungy wrote your forward. I'm saying this, this, that is something that, and, and at, actually that was the last game he coached. Um, when that happened, I sort of felt he was probably going to transition to what he was really called to do. I mean, and even to that point, he was so focused on wanting to be there for his family. We understand that he had a son that Pat that committed suicide and, and the impact that that's had on his family. And I did an event with him shortly afterwards at the University of Louisville. And one of the students asked him, 
hey, if um, you could have one more conversation with your son, what would you say? And he didn't blink. Like he didn't, he wasn't thrown off guard. He said, I would throw my arms around my son and I would tell him how much I loved him. Mm. And when I think about that, when you think about losing a, a loved one, losing a child, um, how authentic he was able to model his faith, his commitment to Christ, his commitment to his family, you know, his commitment to kingdom work. It just set a precedent in my own heart of what can and should be and what the types of things that we should be doing. So obviously as an influencer, he was the person that initially from afar was that, but was I was blessed to be able to get to know more of the man behind the scenes. And I'll tell you, he's a better father and husband than even a football coach. Well, you know what? I'm going to go off script now, Freddie. And so our producer's probably going to give me the big hook, drag me off stage here. But you brought up something that's really key there. Talk a little bit about significance versus success and mm. how, how influence plays into that in light of Tony Dungy. Well, you know, think about that. We can confuse success publicly with success spiritually. And if I am so consumed with the honor that comes from man, as opposed to the honor that only comes from God, then I'm always going to be thrown out of balance with where I'm going to put my energy, my time, my attention. Is it going to be focused on getting more likes and shares and approvals and people patting me on the back? Or is it going to be, you know what, sometimes I may not be popular because I might have to say something that may not be popular, but God is telling me this is what I need to do in order to help have the right type of influence. See, a light is only light when it's on. Mm. And we are called as influencers to turn on and not hide our light under a bushel. We're called to be the light in the darkness. And sometimes we can confuse or, or settle for the praise of people rather than the affirmation and, and, and the pursuit of seeking to honor God. Well said. You know, Tony Dungy, the, the world champion coach, could have been more concerned about his public image or more concerned about his title. But in that moment, he was more concerned about his integrity and trying to help another brother uh, lead an in impact in a kingdom building moment. And so uh, let's talk about that a little bit as far yeah. as uh, influence that you have over those that you lead and impact. And so what's the difference in your mind between influence and impact? You know, that's something that people, I think, confuse a lot of times is, um, I believe Ken Blanchard has a really cool quote where he said, the key to successful leadership today is influence, not authority. And we understand that even Webster's dictionary says that influence is the act or power of producing an effect without apparent exertion of force or direct ex exercise of command. So when you think about influence, I'm trying to influence without being so domineering without being so uh, inserting myself into it, as opposed to influence, which should be simply, I'm trying to lead people and allowing people to opt in. Think of it this way. 
How many of you like getting emails where you did not opt into that email system, but they're forcing in your email inbox stuff that you didn't ask for? Now, the content might be great, but you didn't ask for it. And so giving people the opt in is essential for leadership because God gave all of us free will and God honors our free will. And we have to choose who not only we submit ourselves to and who speaks into our life, but as a leader, we have to realize that we have to give people the option to choose to listen to us. In fact, um, I tell people all the time, uh, Aeneas Williams, an amazing Hall of Fame uh, cornerback from the NFL, he said this, a mentor is not someone who gives you advice. A mentor is someone whose advice you follow. And so think about that. Sometimes we can be so prone to want to give advice, give advice, tell, speak, do all this stuff. But if they're not listening, then that's a one-way relationship. And Jesus called us to have two-way relationships. I'm here for you. For you. You're here for me. I'm here to lean and glean and understand where you are. I'm going to meet you where you are. And so I'm not going to force myself onto you because I realize that you have to be willing to allow me into your heart. Just like God didn't force himself on you, we opened up our heart and allowed him to come in. As leaders, we're called to do the same. So really, it's the difference between a forced impression and an impression without force. And so when I'm thinking about Jesus, you know, it's more about compassion than coercion, more about faith than force. Or here's one for you, Freddie. It's more about love than leverage. Mm. And so Mm. when we think about living and loving, those are essential components to leading like Jesus, leading like Jesus. Talk to me about Solomon, King Solomon, the wisest man in the world, the wealthiest man in the world. What did he think about influence, Freddie? Well, think about it. Well, in this season that we're talking about, we're not talking about sort of the end part, but in this season, because uh, Solomon is another great example of, of someone that was wise, someone that was rich. And in this season, uh, in Psalm 72, you see that he is asking for wisdom. He's asking for influence. He's asking for the insight to help the oppressed, to care for the poor, to defend those that can't defend themselves. He wanted simply to influence people that could not influence themselves. He understood that his position wasn't about him. His position was to help people and allow them to experience the goodness of God. King Solomon simply wanted to use his impact to influence people and impact people. So when you think about that, who are some of the things or some of the people that have, if you had a Mount Rushmore of influencers, so to speak, right? That we all have people that have influenced us in some way. We talked about it a little bit before, but when you think about that, what are some of the attributes of those people that you say, wow, this person impacted me. This person, you know, my life is changed. How I see myself is different because of this person. Tell me, Rich, about those people and, and who they were and those, their attributes. Three of them, really. So Jim, I mentioned as a, as a young man, um, I, I watched his influence and how he led himself and it, it impacted me. But as a, as a child, I think about my Aunt Dinah. My Aunt Dinah, she's just had this amazing you know, mission that God has put on her heart. She was a missionary for years and years, along with my Uncle Mike, 
Dinah's been in Peru. She's been in Mongolia and she finished up her career in South Africa on the mission field. But, uh, but my aunt Dinah led me to the Lord. She invited me to a vacation Bible school when I was just a kid. Matter of fact, my, my dad and my mom split when I was 18 months old and my dad raised me as a bachelor my entire life. So my aunt knew <laughs> in that bachelor home, I wasn't probably getting the nurturing that I needed. And so she invited me to this vacation Bible school. And, and wouldn't you know it, I just came to the Lord. My heart was on fire tears flooded. And I just knew that my life had a greater purpose. And so Diana led me to the Lord and continues to influence me daily in my life. She checks in on me all the time. She's not gonna let me get too far uh, to the left or to the right. She wants to make sure I'm right on track. Uh, but she was one, uh, a name, a guy named pastor Donovan Coley was a leader that I served under. He probably invested more in my leadership than anyone I, I, I've ever known. I spent the first part of my career as an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, and a business owner. And I like to say that I've been in the C-suite my entire life, and I don't know why. I don't deserve it, yeah, all but that maybe I was standing there with the slingshot, and I was the youngest and the smallest, and God, God picked me up and, and put me in a position and grew me in my leadership. But Donovan saw something in me, and he continued to invest in me day in and day out. And he saw that I was a businessman, but he helped develop me into a pastor. So Donovan was one. The final one would be my pastor himself, Pastor Bill. He's just spent the last 15 years uh, speaking life into me and into my leadership and helping me to strive to be what Jesus has called me to be. Wow. And, and as you're talking at the question we said we we're going to cover today, and I think it's so relevant right now is why do you think Jesus has been so overlooked when, when we see the, pe the people that we call influencers in our lives, many of them reflected some attribute of Jesus that, that touched our lives. Rich, why do you think Jesus has been so overlooked as a model of leadership and influence today? I think it's because the world has the, the wrong idea of what leadership is. Too many people are focused on power and authority and uh, selfishness as opposed to selfless leadership. And when we look at Jesus, uh, he didn't validate any leadership model other than service. And so I think some people might think of it as being more soft. But when, when you look at what he was led to do, I mean, Jesus, Jesus actually has 2.4 billion followers. And the original followers all were martyred. They gave their lives up for this man. And so Jesus is the greatest leader of all time. But I think uh, so often culturally, we look at power and then we end up having to unwind all of the messes that happen from uh, self-indulged uh, leaders. So I would say getting the definition right and really looking at the difference between influence and power is very critical to success and significance in ministry and in life. You know, it's amazing as you, as you were saying that, you know, I'm mindful of the fact that, you know, true power isn't exerting your strength. True power is constraining it. Mm. The meek shall inherit the earth. And what, what, are, what are the meek? Who are the meek? Well, you I know, would say it, those are people with restrained power. And, and when you think about Jesus, you're talking about the one that has all power. He's like, look, these people are talking about me and I made you. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I literally made you. Um, but he was operating with so much humility and love and caring 
understanding the impact of sin in the world and and his desire to see us as mankind restored back to him and back to the father he was able to restrain himself he said listen i could actually take my down and take myself off this cross if i need to you know i could call legions of angels and you know we could handle business if i really wanted to but that's not my assignment and so when you think about leadership, it's not about doing what you want to do or what you can do or what you're authorized to do. It's about understanding what you need to do that's in the best interest of the people around you. Who are we called to serve and how can we leverage our knowledge, our skills, our abilities, the insight that God's given us and how can we leverage that to help our children, our workers, our staff or whomever it is that's around you to help them be launched into God's best in their life. And I think that's really the assignment is, is realizing that that's exactly what Jesus did. This weekend where we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is really a, an amazing story of restraint that, that he allowed himself to take on sin when he himself committed none and submitted himself to God, submitted himself even to death, all because he loved God and he loved us. And if we can learn anything out of that, can you imagine the type of impact we can have on the world around us if we simply continue to look to Jesus as our model? Mm, that's, that's, that's well said, Freddie. And, and I'm even thinking in terms, as we wrap up, I'm thinking in terms of identity. And identity almost becomes the compass for your influence. Whose are you? And then who are you? Whose are you? I'm a child of the living God. And who am I? Well, I was designed to bring him glory by the good works that I produce out of my hands in whatever sphere of influence I have. And so I think we need to really be thoughtful about whose am I and who am I as we influence those that God has gifted us to steward. So one last question, and then we're going to give sort of this parting prayer that I think would be very helpful for us. So if someone is listening right now or watching and they want to grow in their leadership, I, I want to be a better leader. I want to have more influence. Um, what is something that they can do to help them in their leadership and influence? Mm, great question. And so we think about Jesus and how he lived, loved, and led. And there really were four domains to his life and his leadership and, and the, the domains that exist in us today. And that's the heart, the head, the hands, and the habits. And so really staying on track as a leader means that we have to have very good, well-defined habits. And we need to do things like Jesus did, because as Gilbert Parker once said, there is no influence like the influence of habit. And so for Jesus, he spent time with the father, father in solitude, and he spent time in prayer and, and in scripture. And he also spent time with supportive influences in his life. And so I would say the challenge for you now is to incorporate those habits into your daily walk so mm -hmm. that you can be all that God has called you to be. And I'm going to give you one more. I'm going to take it one step further. I want you to think about who helped form you. Who is the Jesus-like leader that spoke into your life? And go thank him or her. An attitude of gratitude is so important. And then finally, because we don't want to just be, be uh, uh, looking up. We also want to look towards the people that are our future and do as Paul did with Timothy and ask, how can I serve you? How can I help you? 
how can I help you be all that God has called you to be? So go to somebody that's spoken into your life, thank them, and then go to the next generation, come around them, come alongside them and help them be everything God called them to be. Wow. Rich, that was absolutely amazing. Um, I'm so excited about this podcast and and all the topics that we're going to be covering over the course of this time. I'm going to wrap with, and if you have not gotten this, this is an amazing book right here. It's the Lead Like Jesus Leadership Development for Every Day of the Year. Amazing sort of nuggets in here of prayers and quotes and scriptures to help just sort of refocus yourself. And so I think this Simple prayer is going to be very relevant for our conversation today. It says, the heart is capable of great good and great evil. If focused on serving self, it can, art, it can artfully manipulate and deceive others through words and deeds into doing what appears to be the right thing, but for the wrong reasons. A heart kept pure, strong, and wise by honest reflection, timely confession, and constant surrender carries within it the capacity to serve and inspire others to do the right thing for the right reasons. So the ongoing question that we have to ask is, who will I worship and who will I serve? And I think if we really are answer, answering that quest the right way, let's worship God and let's serve people. And if we do that, we will all be leading the way God intends for us to do. Because again, remember, leadership starts on the inside. Rich, I'm so excited about this. And uh, until next time, we will see you on the Lead Like Jesus podcast. Goodbye for now.